Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the monthly or annual plan and also to download a 2021 training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance, fines, and more. So I know I talk a lot about external fraudsters trying to get fraudulent banking information into your vendor master file to divert your vendor payments. But in this episode, I want to talk about a recent report that revealed the top ways that internal fraudsters conceal their fraud and the top ways that organizations like yours detected it. Also, at the end, I will talk about uh, a webinar that's upcoming. It's a free webinar that gives you some more internal controls and best practices for keeping your vendor master file clean from um, both internal and external fraud. So keep listening. Welcome to episode 149, the top four ways internal fraudsters conceal occupational fraud and the top three ways to detect it. So I recently did a podcast episode. It was episode 140 and it was called Tales from the Dark Side, five cases of recent occupational fraud. And then I threw in some things of how to avoid that fraud. So wherever you are listening to the podcast, whatever platform, check out episode 140 um, for some examples of recent occupational fraud. But today we are going to talk about um, just how fraudsters, internal fraudsters, which is occupational fraud, um, how they conceal that fraud, and then the top three ways that organizations detected it. And according to the Association of Certified Fraud Examiners, or the ACFE, in their 2020 report to the nations, um, the global cost of occupational fraud averages $1.5 million per case. Now, this was a result of their study that looked at 2,504 cases across 125 countries. Now, the vendor setup and maintenance process, which is what I really focus on, it is really susceptible to both external and internal or occupational fraud. So I thought I'd better come on and have an episode that really is focused on what uh, an 
association like the Certified Fraud Examiners who really examines occupational fraud, what they say about it in their report. And the real question is, after all of that or going through all of that, is how can you protect your organization from occupational fraud? Well, one way is knowing how occupational fraud is concealed and then how to detect the fraud. So I'm going to share with you um, the uh, infographics or results from the ACFE's uh, 2020 report to the nation. And I'm first going to share the top four concealment methods. So 40%, 40% Um, of the occupational fraud was concealed by creating fraudulent physical documents. Now, whether this is fraudulent um, uh, invoices or looking at the vendor setup a maintenance process, fraudulent um, uh, banking documents, uh, that vendor letterhead, um, that bank letterhead, the vendor voided check, all of that can be forged. So 40% created fraudulent physical documents. Now, 36%, they altered physical documents that were received. And so this can be like an invoice that came in and some invoices have bank information on the invoice. And so that can be intercepted and replaced with the employee's uh, uh, banking information, or maybe they altered a um, bank information or bank ACH form that you have, or maybe they altered, um, I don't know, again, the voided check, the bank letterhead, or the vendor letterhead. So in some way, they altered the physical documents that were received from the vendor. And then 27% altered electronic documents um, or files. And so um, this could be, again, um, the electronic versions of that, uh, of those documents received, the, the picture of the, of the voided check, um, the electronic um, bank letterhead, vendor letterhead, um, electronic uh, bank uh, ACH form or vendor setup form. So in some way they altered um, the electronic documents or the file. So that was 27%. And then 26% didn't even bother, you know, looking for physical or electronic documents. They just created their own um, uh, fraudulent electronic documents um, or files. So they just created, um, and you know, that's kind of easy to do with all those uh, programs out there. It's easy to do in Word, create it in a PDF, and it makes it look official. So they created their own fraudulent electronic documents or files. And then what's really, so that's the top four, right? But what's really concerning is a fifth one that um, not even in any of these categories, because these internal frosters or occupational frosters didn't um, try at all to uh, uh, conceal the fraud. So it was just way out in the open. And that's um, most likely a case where um, uh, the internal employees, right? They, they know where the gaps are. They know where the controls are. They know what's not being done. And so 12% figured they didn't need to do anything. They didn't need to conceal it at all because management or the company, the organization was just not going to find it anyway. That's probably for me, 
the most um, revealing uh, of all because it means that there are no controls or a lack of controls, uh, uh, internal controls in place, which can happen uh, at many companies at, that can still be prevalent. So let's talk about then the top three ways that the ACFE found of how organizations detected um, fraud and uh, with the understanding that uh, fraud detection is key. So according to the ACFE, fraud detection is key, not only in the speed by which the fraud is detected, which really limits the impact, right? The faster you find it, the less money um, will be involved in, in, the, in the fraud. But it's also key in determining what fraud preventions need to be implemented. So here are the top um, three ways occupational fraud is detected. And so the top way is a tip. Um, and that was 43%. So ACFE found that 43% of frauds were detected by a tip, half of which came from an employee. So you do want to make sure you find a way to make it safe for employees to report suspected occupational fraud of other employees. Now, here's a breakdown of the tips and where they came from. So tips can come from employees. That was 50%. They can also come from customers. That was 22%. Um, they can come in anonymous, which is 15% of the time. Um, the vendors reported them 11% of the time. Um, other was 6%. Um, also a competitor can, uh, can provide a tip and that was 2% of the time. And then shareholder or an owner of the organization or company, um, submits or sends a tip, uh, 2% of the time. So that's the break breakdown of the tips, but tip again is the top way that fraud is detected at 43%. Now, coming in second is an internal audit, and that came in at 15%. So my question to you is, who audits your vendor process? So if you're not currently auditing at the vendor process level to ensure your vendor team is following the processes you put into place to avoid external fraud, that can also leave you open for um, internal or occupational fraud as well. So you do need to implement that internal audit of your vendor process at that level. And in order to, or in order for that internal audit to be performed, you first need to document your processes and you can get a free desktop procedure template. Um, and I will leave a link to that in the show notes. Uh, I do provide a template and it's something that will get you started. Um, it really has, it's a template, I believe, of the new vendor ad process, but you can definitely alter it and customize it for other steps in your process uh, so that you can implement um, you can implement that audit. Now once you do document your procedures and you implement that internal audit, you want to make sure that you audit that required documents were collected, that they were validated, and that the data was entered correctly in your accounting system or ERP. And I focus or I really emphasize that because the third 
uh, way that occupational fraud is detected um, is by management review, and that's 12%. And so that can, that management review can detect those, uh, that data when it's not entered in correctly into your accounting system or ERP. And so um, what the management review does is management can review all new vendor setups and vendor changes and do that prior to payment runs. Now, this is typically a compensating control when you have a segregation or separation of duties issue, um, but it's also good to do to avoid fraud. And what you want to do is look or management needs to do is look for changes in banking or remit addresses that were changed, um, then changed back quickly. That can be a red flag. And for each of those changes, um, your system should maintain an audit log. There's that audit word again, an audit log that will help um, that will tell you the date, the time, and the user making the change. Another thing too is to cross-check that the vendor address or vendor banking, if changed, does not match the employee's address or banking. Now, you don't need to get access to um, the payroll files if that's where that information is. Just have IT or uh, someone uh uh, set up a monitoring of the system that's kind of always checking and comparing the payroll records to the vendor records. It can be done in the background and it can uh, be set to notify management if matches, um, if they ever find any matches. So it's not something that, um, that you know, management needs to have access and needs to uh, and needs to run. That's something that can be set up um, automatically and then just have the any matches found be forwarded to management for um, for review. Okay, so those were the top four concealment methods. And then I talked about uh, the top three ways fraud is detected. Um, and now, as I promised, I do want to talk about um, how you can get more internal controls and best practices to protect your vendor master file from both external and internal fraud. And I really do talk a lot about internal fraud in this webinar um, that uh, that is coming up on uh, Wednesday, uh, August 25th, and it is from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And really in today's reality of cyber attacks and external and internal or occupational fraud, the vendor master file has become the target of cyber criminals or fraudsters, whether they're outside of your company or inside of your company. And this webinar will focus on adding those internal controls and best practices um, to the vendor ad and change process to eliminate those fraudulent payments. Also, to protect your vendor electronic payments, NSNOX, so that's N-S-K-N-O-X, so NSNOX, they will demo their automated solution to validate um, bank account ownership for both domestic and international vendor banking details to prevent that cyber fraud um, attempts, uh, those cyber fraud attempts and uh, internal, right, fraud attempts in real time. And so I will have a link to that webinar in uh, the show notes. So make sure you check that out. And if you're listening to this podcast after the live webinar on 825, you can always still click on the link and listen to the recording.
So that was um, today's uh, podcast episode. I hope you got a couple of um, takeaways. And if you want to review the 2020 report to the nations that ACFE published, I will put a link to that in the accompanying blog post. And so I'll have a link to the blog post in the show notes, and then you can click through and then you can get to the link to the report to the nations. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 149th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.